0: You please stand, Revelation chapter 10. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head. And his face was like the sun, and his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. When he called out, the seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land, raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him, who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, and the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay, but that in the days of the trumpet called to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God will be fulfilled, just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and I ate it. And it was sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it in my stomach, it was made bitter. And I was told, You must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Then I was giving a measuring a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, Rise and measure the temple of God in the altar and those who worship there. But do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for forty-two months. Reading the word, you may be seated. One. When you watch most TV shows, if you, you miss the week before, usually you don't miss too much. You, you go there and they'll give you a little recap of about 30 seconds of last week on this show. And then they'll show you the the, the moments that really matter. And of course, that makes me think, like, I really don't need to watch 30 seconds of a TV show to get what really matters, what they're trying to tell you. The rest of it's just filler. But what I, I want you to... We, last week was a very important part in the book of Revelation. We, we see the... Something that, that truly should horrify most people if you're living on the planet. You see you see Satan is given the key to the to the pit of the abyss. He is able to set free demons. And there are four angels that are fallen that are truly demonic, that are Satan's generals, if you will, and they have been set free, and they lead an army of two hundred million people and kill a third of the world. It's not an easy message to preach, and I'm sure it's even less easy to, to hear preached. But today this, we, we understand why that, that is told to us because there is something so great that is happening in, in Revelation chapter 10. I want us to understand it clearly. So while we, we, we look and we see that the seventh seal, the scroll is open and the trumpets were beginning to sound and we get to the, the fifth and sixth trumpet which I just described to you that we, we covered last week. Understand that these are called woes and the seventh woe is about to be Proclaimed through the blowing of the trumpet. But there's a little interlude here. And God is showing us some things that are going on through John's eyes. And that's where I want us to look at. So I want you to imagine. Try to imagine. Beat John. And think of the words that are described here. John sees a mighty angel coming down from heaven. Whose legs from his waist down are made literally out of fire. That's a scary looking angel. And from his waist up he's surrounded by a cloud. You can't even see how big he is because this cloud shrouds him. And above his head, he has a halo like a rainbow. This is not just any angel. Many people believe that this is in fact Jesus. It is not, and I'll show you why very shortly. But I want you to imagine the size of this angel. It says with one foot he steps on the land, and the other foot he steps in the sea. It's not like you and I standing on a beach. We have one foot in the sand, one foot in the water. This is a truly huge angel. He is called mighty. I want us to think, who could this possibly be? Now, now we we see that this angel testifies, and he says, by the one who has made heaven and earth, who is eternal and forever. Who is that? Who is the eternal one? That is God. It is, that is Jesus He is testifying to. So it cannot be Jesus. But who is this? There is an angel whose name means one like God, a mighty warrior. He is the only angel in the entire Bible listed as an archangel. There are many people who want to say there's seven archangels, you will not find it in Scripture. People want to elevate Lucifer, Satan, to an archangel. You will not find it in Scripture. What you will find is the archangel Michael. He is the one. That we are reading about in Revelation 10. I want to say. As we look to think about. When this man. When this angel sets his feet down. He has the power to unleash earthquakes. Just by stepping (coughs) his foot down. To unleash tidal waves. This is no mere angel. This is not somebody you want to mess with. This is someone who would terrify Satan. And if we were on the wrong side of the battle. He should terrify you. Now, we see in the prophet Daniel's writings that this very angel is given a specific task. Who knows what that task is? He has to protect something. What does the archangel Michael protect? He protects God's, the apple of God's eye, Israel. And so what is happening here? We are right now at the, the midpoint of the tribulation. What happens at the beginning of the tribulation is a character we know is the Antichrist. He makes a peace treaty with Israel for seven years. And three and a half years through that, they they say there's peace, peace. They dwell in safety. There's a temple that John is told to measure. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But what has happened here? The Antichrist turns on Israel. And things happen in that temple that should never happen. And God is declaring victory. God is declaring he is taking back the authority of the earth. When he he is standing on the sea, when the, the archangel Michael stands on the sea, he says it belongs to God. When he stands in the oceans, he says it belongs to God. When he raises up his right hand in the air, he says the air belongs to God. Satan, your time has come. Satan would be terrified. He may have unleashed his worst demons. He may have his whole army with him, 200 million strong. God sends one angel. Understand how powerful this this angel is. Understand you may be facing things in your life that you think are impossible, that you will never be able to do it. I tell you, nothing looks more impossible than to be in the nation of Israel in the middle of the tribulation where you have the Antichrist who has set himself up to be God. And you have followed him as a false messiah. And now he has turned on you and he desires to kill each and every one of you. He has unleashed an army of 200 million. But God has sent your protector. He has sent the archangel Michael. And Michael, when he roars, he roars like a lion. When he speaks, the thunders from heaven speak. The archangel Michael, he is the head of the host. We'll read about him in a few more chapters. And he defeats Satan in heaven. And Satan will soon no longer be allowed to go up ...to the throne of God and accuse you. Amen? That should excite you. That you no longer will have an accuser... ...who has the authority to approach God. He will not have that authority. He will be cast down and be ready for his funeral. Understand what God is doing here. He's putting things into place... ...to bring judgment upon all those... ...who deny Him. He's bringing judgment most of all on Satan... ...and all the demons... ...who knew God's glory fully... The reason Satan and his demons, they can't have repentance, they can't have salvation, they can't have a savior is they knew God fully, they knew him completely, and they still chose to rebel. Satan tried to set himself up as God in heaven, and he was cast down as Isaiah says. and a time is coming where you'll look to Israel and you'll see they're rebuilding something and you should be horrified. What are they rebuilding? They are rebuilding the temple of Solomon. Why are they rebuilding the temple of Solomon? Because they long to offer sacrifices for their sins to God. What they say is, Jesus is not the Messiah. He is not the one who has offered the ultimate sacrifice. We still need to go to God. And we still need to sacrifice the blood of bulls and goats. But the word of God declares that does not bring God any joy. His Son that He sent. He is the only one that can save us from our sins. It's only in His sacrifice on the cross. Amen. And so you see when when this temple is rebuilt in in verses 1 and 2 of Revelation 11, we see John is told to measure it, but not to worry about the outer court. Why is that? If you were to go to the Temple Mount today in Jerusalem, the outer court has a building that is erected there. It's called the Dome of the the Rock, also known as the al aqsa Mosque. It is where Muslims go to, to worship Allah. It's quite blasphemous in my opinion. That they would go to the very place where Solomon's temple stood. And we would declare another God. But the good news is coming that when the Antichrist will go there and proclaim himself God. This is the abomination that causes desolation. As the angels said, there is no more waiting. God is not going to wait anymore. His time of grace will shortly be done. And then all those who have denied him will experience his full wrath. Michael is literally coming to earth. And I want you to imagine a, a sheriff that comes to a house to serve eviction notice. And the bank's taken over. You didn't make your payments. You're out. That is what, what the angel Michael is doing here. Is saying this land belongs to God. Your time is up. You're done. You're going to be cast out into our darkness. We've talked about it many times in the last few weeks. There is a prayer that we, we are, are modeled to pray by Jesus. And many have prayed this prayer throughout the history of the world. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What Michael is saying is it's about to happen on earth. The kingdom of God is about to be established. The Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ, is about to return and reign forever. Amen? Amen. That prayer, to have the kingdom on earth. And we talk about we long to see souls saved. You know, this Saturday when we go to the baseball game, it's not because I love baseball. It's because I love souls and I want to see them saved. There's 200 people there. Many of them will not know of Jesus. They will not have had the gospel shared with them. And we will get an opportunity to share the gospel with them and to invite them to church, yes. To invite them to VBS so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that when this day comes and we are reading about in Revelation, they will rejoice and not be afraid. But if you don't, need, if you don't know Jesus, you will need to be very afraid. Amen. There is a scroll that this angel is holding. Now, many people want to know, what scroll is this and what does it say? The scroll is rather simple. We've read about the scroll in Revelation already. This is the scroll that the Lamb that was slain went forward to open. And it is now open. It says this is an open scroll. Why does it appear as a little scroll? Because the angel is very mighty. The angel is rather large. He would make Goliath seem like a dwarf. Michael is a mighty angel. He is a warrior. Understand, this is the same scroll. And it has been given to John to eat. And this is kind of a bizarre thing. You and I, we don't think of eating papers too often. A scroll was literally their, their, their Bible. R- rolled up. They didn't have you know, the, the printing press and things like we have. So they couldn't have this. This would be like God t- telling you, go ahead eat this. It will be bitter to your stomach, and if you eat this amount on paper, it will be bitter to your stomach. But it will also be sweet in your mouth. And the gospel of our Lord is indeed sweet, because we taste it and we partake in of the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But it's a bit bitter in our stomach. Why? Because you and I long for those souls who have not tasted it. We long for those who have not partaken in the gospel, who have not received our Lord as their salvation. And so, we ache inside. When we talk about the return of Jesus Christ, we get excited. And amen, we should get excited. Jesus is coming again. Amen. It's one of the things I I told the group at the Phillips Park. I said, Jesus is coming again. Are you ready to meet him? Are you ready? They are not ready. Most of our family is not ready. And that's why it turns bitter in our stomach. Because we know what's about to happen. We know the glory that is about to be unleashed in the world. And we know the wrath that is to come. And we long for them not to partake in that. We long for them to receive Jesus now. And that's why it seems so sweet to us in our mouth. But when it gets into our soul and we realize that our loved ones, maybe the ones we call mom and dad or brother and sister or friends or neighbors or in-laws, they may not know. They may have not tasted Of this gospel, and so our souls ache for them. We yearn for them to receive it. That's why we must be people who are willing to share the gospel to plant the seed. John was willing. He was willing, and he says he has many more things to prophesy to the nations, to the tongues. But a day is coming where time will be up. Will we have been faithful? Will we have shared the gospel? The command to take the gospel to the ends of the earth was not just for the twelve. It was for all of us. Every single person who has declared Jesus Christ as Lord is to share the gospel. I've shared the gospel many times and you know what? The reality most times people reject you. But they're not really rejecting you for it's not your message. They're rejecting Jesus Christ. Pray for them. Never stop loving them. Show them the grace that God has shown you. Never stop. Sh- stop testifying to, to what God has done. You know, our, our souls should ache for all those that don't know Jesus. There are many in this world, and that's why we send missionaries out. You'll see where we're starting to put a map up that eventually will have all the missionaries we've sent out or those that we support and pray for so you can know who they are and where they are and pray for them. Many of them face really hard times. I went with a brother to a, a movie this last Tuesday called In Our Hands. It's about the six-day war talking about the Jewish people and how they were surrounded in 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 an attack by the Egyptians and the Jordanians and others. And by all accounts, they should have been wiped out. There should have been no way. This would be like the United States attacking Costa Rica and expecting Costa Rica to survive, let alone win the war in six days. But that is what happened. They won the war in six days. Not only did they win the war, but they retook the most sacred city, Jerusalem. And they long for it. And as you're watching this movie, I loved it, but I hated it all at the same time. Why? Because you see, these people, they, they long for Jerusalem. They long to be able to go to the Wailing Wall and pray to God. And I, I acknowledge we all have that longing inside, whether we want a minute or not, to have that relationship with God, to be able to pray to the Father. But even more than that, they long for the temple to be rebuilt. And what's going to happen when the temple is rebuilt? A false Messiah will come, the Antichrist. And many will follow after him. And that should break our hearts. We, we need to reach those around us with the gospel. There, there are many people around us in our lives that have that same mentality, where they're looking around and, and they're willing to grab on to anything as long as it's not Jesus. And for a large part of you, if you were to go to Israel today... And, and speak with the Jewish people there, or the Palestinians that are there, they, they'll they'll tell you about the Torah, they'll tell you about Islam, they'll tell you about science, they'll, they'll tell you about all kinds of things, but they don't want to hear about Jesus. The one who, who is the way, the truth, and the life. The one who can save them from their sins. The one who longs to do so. That is the message we get to share. And it may not be a popular message, but you're not called to be a Christian to be popular. Being right. Christian is going to be hard. It's going to be spiritual warfare. <clears throat> when you first come to faith, you will experience it full hand. When you get baptized, you will experience it even more. And when you enter into ministry and follow what God has told you to do, you will feel that spiritual warfare. You will feel the devil getting angry. But you know what? The devil can't touch you. Amen. Amen. He can tempt you. He can lure you into sin and then he'll accuse you of that sin before the Father, but he can't touch you. The Father is in control. Just like he sent the archangel Michael to protect Israel, he has angels that he will send to protect you. Reject Satan. Send him away. Do not give him a foothold. Rebuke him. God is in control. Jesus is on the throne. John 14 says that he is preparing a place for you even now. Amen. And he's gone there to prepare that place so that when he comes again, he will take you with him. And there will be a marriage feast like you've never seen before. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate two people joining hand in hand in marriage and a holy marriage before God. And it'll be great and wonderful. And as Bubba said, the food's going to be great, but it won't have nothing on the marriage feast in heaven. Amen. For we are the bride of Christ. And he loves us. He went to the cross for us. And so he says to you, husbands, love your wives as I have loved my church. Understand what that means. You know, there's there's many people who go to Jerusalem every year and they, they cry, many of them. They get all emotional and they weep. And some of them weep because that they, they say, that's what Jesus walked or this is the city of God. And they weep and get all emotional and, and they, they think they've had an experience with God. We in the American church often will try to replicate this with our churches and have rock concerts and things like that. That is not true relationship with God. It's not about being emotional. God doesn't desire emotion. He desires faith. And we, We need to look and see that when the angel Michael comes, it is the last chance of repentance. When that seventh trumpet will sound, The opportunity for repentance is gone. It is pure wrath that is poured out. We see with each of the seals and each of the trumpets, God restrains the enemy. They are only allowed to do so much. And we read at the end of chapter 9, but the people did not repent. If you are living in sin today and you have not repented, I encourage you to come down now when the music plays. Because this is the day to repent. This is the hour I once was sitting where you sit. We all were. There's not one of us who will sit here and say, I am better than you. We're, we are all sinners. Right. Paul said, I am the chief among sinners. We, we sin. We fall short of the glory of God. But he has offered us a way back through his son. Amen. So through the cross. He has taken up all the sin that, that we have ever committed and put upon his son. And he's poured the wrath out on the son. You and I we cannot survive that wrath. For we are not God. Only God can take the wrath of God and survive. That is what Jesus has done for you. And he tells us that he is coming really soon. The angel here declared, There will be no more waits. A day is coming where we will not say, When is Jesus coming back? We will say, Jesus is here. Amen. Amen. You'll see, as the church is raptured up, and the period of seven years comes to an end, The tribulation is over. You will see, as we read about in Revelation 19, you will see Christ returning with his holy angels and the saints. And it will be great and glorious. And you will see a wedding gift given by the Father, New Jerusalem. Never will New Jerusalem be overrun. Never will blood be poured out in it. It will be a holy city. Where there is no night, no darkness, no fear of stumbling. Where sin is banished forever. We will talk more on the temple and we will talk more on this in the coming weeks. But I want you to know today that you can know Jesus. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait one more hour, one more minute. You can know Jesus today. Myself and the deacons, we will pray with you. And we will pray over you. And I and ask God to change your life because it is only God that can do it. There's not magic in the, the altar here and the cushion you'll kneel down on. There's not magic in the words but it's in the repentance of your heart. Amen. You must truly repent in your heart to receive Jesus. You do that, and the Word of God declares you will have eternal life. Even though you die, you yet you shall live. Christ will raise you up. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Father, Lord Jesus, I give you thanks for this day. I give you thanks for your holy word, for the, the book of Revelation, Lord, as you allow us to glimpse of what you're going to do in the future. As you sent, Michael, to protect your people, Lord, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon us to protect us, Lord, from the enemy's attacks. Rebuke him, Lord. May we never fall into sin again. May we bring you glory with our lives, with what we do. May we proclaim your gospel with all boldness, Lord, for we know that you are coming, and you are coming soon, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. In your holy name, amen.